Campbell's Got Time here on The Breakfast Show. That means we are about to get into our Bible study for the day. Before we get into our Bible study, we have a number of text messages that have come through. And we have the next question for the quiz. The next question for the quiz. That's right. Okay. The next question for the quiz. Complete the verse. When the Son of Man comes, will he find... And then it continues... Complete okay. the whole verse. Give us the rest of the verse. 0491 Of course, we have been promoting our prize for this week that we will be doing a draw for on Friday. From Plant to Plate Diabetes Edition, Diabetes Edition by Tammy Bivens. This book is all about amazing foods that we can eat. It has 92, 92 recipes in it that you'll be able to make at home to combat all kinds of lifestyle diseases and and truly like diet eating right is one of the best things that we can do for our body and to beat these lifestyle diseases so 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one and again the question was the verse was that you need to complete when the son of man comes will he find complete complete the rest okay Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Last week's winner uh-huh. of the prize uh-huh. was Sky. Congratulations again! Shout out Sky. And she says, "I told my son about winning after school on Friday." So after school, she picked her son up, mm. and he was very happy. And then he said, "So they're coming over for games night?" Question mark, question mark, question mark. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. Lawson, we, we might have to, to organise a trip here, Sky. Let, yeah, us know, okay. let us know where you live. I think Sky's down in Wollongong. I don't think so. I thought she was north. Okay, maybe she's north. I don't know. Sky, we need to know. How Are far you away Australian? Is, how, no, that's, that's a good... See, if she's in New Zealand, then we're probably off the hook. Yeah, that's right. Because no one wants to go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sky, send us through your suburb where you live and we will look into that. We will arrange that if we possibly can. Dude, I would love to come over for games yeah. tonight. I, 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 Daniel Game, let's Dude, do it. Dude, I'll bring some vegan lasagna. We can eat it together and I'll play bring the Daniel Game. Producer Shell, who will bring some food. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, now, I did mention earlier on in the show, a big shout out to those listening to Faith FM 87.6 in Hewanville, Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grew up in the Hewan Valley. Uh, it was more the upper Hewan rather than Hewanville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was probably, what, maybe seven miles from Hewanville. Mm-hmm. We measured things in miles back then because, I don't know. Because you're old. I'm not that old. <laughs> It's definitely metric. I've been metric for like 20 years. But anyway, mm. uh, so Glen Hewen was, was the place where I grew up, which is just a spectacular valley mm. in the south of Tasmania, down south of Hobart. Did mention that it was the promised land. Braden says, sorry, Lyle, you're about 2,300 kilometres west of the oh, promised land. Don't, don't. He's going to say New Zealand, isn't he? You know, well, it doesn't <laughs> say New Zealand on here. I'm just sort of thinking, is there anything else over there that could be like maybe Cook Islands? The Cook Islands. Yeah. Maybe the Cook Islands is Samoa. <laughs> I think that's way north. Yeah, that's right. I'm thinking of west of here. Mm-hmm. But he's thinking west of Tasmania. Yeah. I mean, to the east of Tasmania. Uh-huh. So, <sighs> Braden, Braden, Braden. Well, if we go southeast far enough, you'll hit Antarctica eventually, which... Probably more than 2,300 kilometres. Yeah, that's right. Probably more. <laughs> that's right. Because you'd be going diagonal. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's just not. It's, it's just, just not. not. Okay, let me say this. New Zealand is stunning. 
It is spectacular. Yeah, New Zealand's great. It is. I, I'd actually, I'd love to go over and visit New Zealand. It's full of New- no. <laughs> it's full like of New say it last. Say it with your chest, because we. You're saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> you know, no. New Zealand would be better if it was just full of Australians. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Lawson, you've done it now. Like, okay, we need to change the subject. We need to get on with our text messages before. Uh, start a riot. Start a riot. Start a rebellion. Start a war between Australia and New Zealand, which we will win on Wednesday no. <laughs> <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> All right. So Sky says yes, Wollongong. More than welcome. Oh, so we're going to organise a trip to Wollongong sometime. That's, All right. That's, yeah, that's I'll, that's go to, way. I'll go to the Gong. Let's yes. do it. Maybe we should. Um, maybe we should organise a Faith FM day at Wollongong Church or something. A Faith like FM that. crusade. Yeah, there you to go. To Wollongong. To Wollongong. That's awesome. We will, Sky, we will make no promises yet, but we will see what we can do. You're about three hours away. That's, yeah, that's not insignificant. That's not that far. Maybe, maybe a little bit more than three, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Oh, on a serious note, if you're coming uh, down with, are you coming down with Robbie Bergen in October? We can do hopefully something at the pastor's house. My place is tiny. I don't care how tiny it is. Mm-hmm. As long as as long as I've got a seat at the table so that I can kick everybody's butt at the board games, we're good. <laughs> um, I had no plans to be there with Robbie Bergen in October. Mm-hmm. My October calendar is pretty full, but yours is not that full. Mine is incredibly full. No, yours is empty. The- There's nothing in it. I think Lawson should go. I'm like traveling completely the opposite direction. I am like, <laughs> I am like kind of really tied up. All right. All right. We shall see how we go. Mm-hmm. Sky, no promises, but that would be absolutely amazing. We will mm. see what we can do. All right. Yeah, let's, oh, we'd love to come. Send us the date for when Robbie's going to be down. Yeah, there. yeah. We would love to come. Uh, what else have we got here? Mm-hmm. So we've got text messages came through yesterday. Ah, okay. Whole bunch of them. Mm hmm. Let me see what we've got. Uh, so this person says, I sent you a clip where a German legislator let slip the date of the 24th of September. How many days away is that? Was it the 20th today? Yeah. Four days away. Uh-huh. And claims that will be a date we will all remember. Ooh. Uh, someone else claims it could be a bank closures for two to ten days. Interesting to see if anything actually happens. Mm. If it does happen, we will report on it. Mm. Oh, and comments that he's been. We talked about talked about cancel cults yesterday. Mm. Have you ever been cancelled? Uh yeah, really? So. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had. Yeah, a, you've been cancelled on social media. I've had an attempted cancellation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Sure. And you talked about it yesterday. We talked about cancel culture, mm-hmm. and I was kind of disappointed. I don't think I've ever been cancelled. I've never been in. Let's get live cancelled. I've never been in Facebook jail. Never been in Twitter jail. I'm not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But anyway, never been in any of those. There's been I've never had a speaking appointment that's just been rescinded. Or, mm-hmm. just, anyway, maybe I'm not preaching the truth straight mm. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, text message says maybe it's because I've been sending the three. Oh, so this person's been cancelled. Yep, I've been sending the three hundred message to thousands of pastors in Australia and worldwide. Yeah, amen. Uh, COP27 to meet in Egypt the 8th to the 24th of November 2022. Political and religious leaders to meet for climate change and a day of rest for the world. Mm. The interesting thing is that they are going to go up Mount Sinai and come back with the Ten Commandments. Ooh, I haven't read that yet. I have to go and have a look at that. 
wonder if they will change the fourth one to keep Sunday instead. They're trying to copy, copy the biblical event of Moses going up Sinai where he was given the Ten Commandments by God. Have you considered that maybe Satan will personate God and actually give them the Ten Commandments? Just a thought. Just a thought. Mm. Oh, you never know. Anything could happen. Mm. In times in which we're living mm. uh, and which Mount Sinai they're going to go up. Yeah. The... I don't think the one where St. Catherine's Monastery is is the real one. No. It's a great mountain, but I'm just, and it's a great monastery, but I don't think it's the real one. Uh, then Braden says, "Not to worry, Lyle. We are slowly in the process of claiming Australia by, by <laughs> migration and marriage. Really oh. slowly, really, really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of Kiwis in Australia. Yeah." Does that say something about New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. No, nah, we've just been bagging out our New Zealand brothers and sisters this morning, but we love you guys. New Zealand is an amazing country. It is spectacularly beautiful. I have been there many times, mm. and I would not hesitate to live in New Zealand. Yeah. All right, let's get on with our Bible study, and we are talking about Jesus in the crucible this, this week. Oh, amen. And so we started talking about his origins yesterday. Mm-hmm. And how that as a kid, he was born a peasant Mm -hmm. in a filthy stable. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many nativity scenes do you see at Christmas time? A lot. Pristine, clean, not a speck of dirt, Mm. not even the faintest odour of urine and feces. Yeah, I'm like, you know, that that, uh, that manger that he's in, this looks kind of comfortable. It does, yeah, mm. and perfectly clean hay mm. and nice, clean white clothing. No, the Bible says he was wrapped in rags, mm. literally wrapped in rags. That's what swaddling clothes are. That's what the Bible teaches us about the birth of Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So you look at the beginnings of Jesus. He starts off as a peasant. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes a refugee. Yeah, well. And so he is fleeing for his life. He is living in a foreign country. Uh, Yeah, it's just a pretty crazy life. And then he goes from being a refugee and they move back to Nazareth. Mm. Now, Newcastle has some pretty dodgy suburbs. Uh Yeah. (laughs) I lived in Sydney for a while. They have some pretty dodgy suburbs. I think my son, when he was like 18, lived in about the dodgiest suburb that there was in Sydney because the rent was cheap and it's like, well, the rent is cheap. Why do I care? <laughs> Everybody around me is just taking massive amounts of ice. Um, <laughs> and stealing all of my possessions, yeah, that's, literally. It's kind of when they left that area. Yeah. <laughs> Everything got stolen. Um, yeah, so there's some pretty dodgy suburbs. And just that one comment, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Mm. It's a very telling comment. Mm. Is the kind of comment that we would easily say about many of the suburbs, even around here in the Newcastle Hunter region. Yeah, and it's interesting that that's said not by people from Jerusalem, but by people from Galilee. Like they're like it's not like you know some Jerusalem person's like some posh Jerusalem person. Like you know, say say some person living in London's like, oh, can any good thing come out of Sydney because it's like Australia? I don't know. But this is like someone from Galilee who's 
doesn't need to be intentionally posh or hating or whatever it may be saying like, oh, yikes, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Like, probably you know because what, they haven't seen any, do you know anything? what kind of place that is? Like, yes. it's a place that is known for its abuse. It mm. is a place that is known for its delinquency amongst its young people. It's mm. a known as a place known for its toxicity and for its just, you know, low mor- morality. Mm. It's known for a lot of things. All right. So that's that was what we we're looking at yesterday, where mm. Jesus came from, and we finished off by commenting that, you know, that would have been a hard place for a sinless kid to grow up. Mm. How well is he going to connect with his peers? Mm. How much of a need does he feel to connect with his peers? The same needs that we all grew up with. Yeah, for sure. But how well does a sinless kid connect with really, really broken broken kids that are running around the streets of Nazareth? Mm. Uh, you can very easily see why the Bible says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected of men. Mm. And we often think about that during his ministry, but what we have to realize is that this took place throughout his entire life. Mm. There never was a time when this wasn't the case. All right, let's go and have a look at a couple of other passages today. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. Matthew 12, 22 to 24. In Matthew 12, 22 to 24, the Bible says this, Then a demon-possessed man, who was blind and couldn't speak, was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could speak and see, and the crowd was amazed. Could it be that the Jesus, this Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan and the prince of demons. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, here we've got a story of Jesus, and he's casting out demons. He is the ruler and creator of the entire universe. He has mm. come down here. He has suffered his entire life. He has the power to cast out demons in his own power, but he's using the power of his father so he can be a witness to us. Mm. And he's doing so many good things. Wherever he goes, he does good things. He does good things, good things, good things, good things, just good things everywhere. Amazing. He's just doing good, and this person is possessed by a demon. They have been possessed by a demon for a very, very long time. Uh, this demon possession has destroyed their life. Mm. They blind and can't see and speak. Like yes. it's terrible. Yes. Okay. So and 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 Jesus does a good thing, mm. and the man is set free. No longer filled with demons, no longer now able to see and to speak and to do all these kind of things. And rather than rejoicing, they're like, he's a servant of Satan. I mean, how would you feel if you were Jesus? Well, you've done so much good mm-hmm. and you do some more good. Mm-hmm. And as you do good, it's like, he's a servant of Satan. Yeah, wow. I think particularly in such a religious context. I don't, I don't know. Like, I... I, I would sympathize with someone in that situation. It's kind of hard to know in our world because people people get slammed in the media for all kinds of things and there could very well, there's nothing that comes to mind, but there could very well be a case where someone tries to do a fantastically good thing, but maybe it's misinterpreted by media today and then they paint them as a really bad person for actually doing something that was really, really good. But I, I feel like Jesus is 
truly in the upper echelon of those feelings because the reality of Jesus is that he actually truly is innocent. Yes. Like in the most ultimate sense. Absolutely. If there is anyone that, you know, I feel like people could have motivations to do good things that are actually bad. And, and, and there's probably a scale to that. You know, some person, they might do something really selfless, but they might have, you know, just a tinge, just a little bit of, oh, this will make me look good. So I'm going to do this. You know, I'm, oh, I'm going to get something in return because we're people. We, we are tainted by sin. And that's the reality. I, I think without being connected to God, it's, it's, it's pretty much impossible to truly be selfless. But Jesus is God doing something that is absolutely selfless and is being accused of being of Satan, like being accused of being Satan. It would have to be gut-wrenching. It would have to be gut-wrenching. You've given so much for this world and you're going to give so much more. Mm. It's like, yeah, 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 definitely Satan. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 21 to 30. Luke chapter 4, verse 21 to 30. Let's read this story. Mm. Luke chapter 4 and in verse 21, the Bible says, Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled in this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by his gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? And then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. 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 Yeah. Capernaum, I think, is the way they pronounce it in Israel today, Mm -hmm. but whatever. But I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and the severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, the widow Zarephath in the land of Sidon, Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of a hill which on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Okay, so who is it that is doing this? The crowd. And what crowd is this city from? They're from like What Nazareth. city is this crowd from? And what city is Nazareth? Where Jesus grew up. These are his mates. Mm. This is his family, his extended family. This is his community. You talk about rejection mm. and think about the rejection that you've been through at whatever time. You know, I don't know who you are and what your circumstance is, but... We've all been rejected, so I know you've been rejected as well at some particular point in time, and it's pretty hard when you are rejected by family mm. or when you are rejected by your closest friends. Yes. You're re- when you're rejected by friends that you have grown up with and have been friends with for a very, very long time. Yeah, and that rejection to the point where they're actively trying to murder you. Yeah, and, and, I, and I want you to think about that for a moment because, you know, we often look at, the pain that we go through and we kind of can't see that pain to see other people's pain. But let me ask you this question. When you were rejected, were you rejected to the point of the person who was rejecting you having homicidal thoughts, tendencies, 
and then actions mm. because this was attempted murder. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was. How many of you have suffered? Now, some of you have. I'm sure of that. Mm. But how many of you have suffered attempted murder from your closest friends and family? Yeah, well. And uh, it's just, you know, it is, you know, any, ask any police officer. A domestic dispute is always the most dangerous because the emotions are the highest. Mm. And that is because the level of rejection is the highest. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're in the middle of our Bible study and we are about to have another question for our quiz. Why did Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses? Okay. Because he had not provided meat for the people, because he had assumed too much authority over the people, because they were still in the wilderness, or because he had married an Ethiopian. Let us know what you think that is. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. You will win our prize for this week from Plant to Plate, the Diabetes Edition. This is an incredible cookbook about how you can eat the best food to not only cure diabetes, but also to prevent as well. That's the other big problem because... and. Again, it's talking about type 2 diabetes, the diabetes, the type of diabetes that we lead ourselves into. And this is very much a lifestyle disease that affects thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people uh, because of the bad nutritional decisions that they make. So you have the ability to overcome it by receiving this book. Again, the number is 0491-064-669. But that question was, why did Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses? And it's multiple choice. A, because he had not provided meat for the people. B, because he had assumed too much authority over the people. C, because they were still in the wilderness. Or D, because he had married an Ethiopian. 0491-064-669. Okay, so we've got a, I've actually got a bit of a backlog of text messages here mm-hmm. from the first half of the show. Mm-hmm that I haven't had time to get to, and I'm going to keep those probably to the end of the show because mm-hmm. I really do want to focus on this Bible study. It's mm-hmm. a good Bible study. Uh, but we do have one here that is exactly about the Bible study, and it says doing good and getting rejected over and over, it's soul-crushing and depressing. Totally. Surely there were and still are those who remain spiritually blinded and never have their eyes opened. Mm. Uh, it's, it's so true. And whenever we experience that, we need to remember that Jesus experienced that as much as it was possible to experience because you cannot go further than attempted murder. Yeah, and furthermore, again, he was truly innocent. Yes, we never are Mm -hmm. because there's always self-involved with everything we do. Mm -hmm. But with Jesus, he was truly innocent. Mm. Another one here, no one can survive without love, for God is love, he is life, our life, our lives are, are a gift from God who sustains us daily. Here's our daily oxygen. Without it, mm. we die. God gives us a lifetime to realize that, and the choice is ours. Great mm. summary of our interview from earlier in the day. Mm. Okay, let's get back to our Bible study. Let's go to John chapter 8 this time. John chapter 8, verse 58. Do we start in verse 58? Let me just see here. Let me just look this up. Why has my Bible died all of a sudden? Okay, just start for us in verse 58. Uh, the Bible says here in verse 58, Jesus answered... I t- no, back up, back up, back up. Okay. Go back like three verses. Okay, Jesus answered, If I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. 
But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. Okay, it's a pretty wild claim that Mm. Jesus makes right here because he's like, yeah, I know Abraham. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, In my translation, it says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. He says, we've met before. So that's a big claim to make, and he's also claimed to know the Father, know God himself personally. So big claims that Jesus is making right here. Uh, does he have the right to make these claims? Well, I don't think, Lord, I think Jesus definitely has the right to make these claims. Yes. If anyone could. Like, he's the only person. He is truly the only person who could ever make these claims because they're true, and he is God. Yes. And... Yeah, yeah, if anyone else were to make these claims, you know, they would be blaspheming and they would be heretics. But Jesus makes this claim, I think, based on two things. Firstly, because he's telling the truth. Secondly, he's been, by, by the time we get to John chapter 8, he's been very much demonstrating the fact that he is the Son of God sent from heaven. And he makes these claims. Yes. Because he's like, oh, hey, why is all this stuff happening? Oh, because I'm the Messiah. And uh, the people respond in a way that is not necessarily taking in that evidence to account. Uh, but, you know, they go on to say, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham? So they're very much in this mode of looking at this guy like, oh, maybe he's just really cool and could do some cool stuff. But they're like, maybe he's just 50. Like, you're just 50. How can you say you've seen Abraham? And that's when Jesus comes in with the the line. Okay, where is the line? Let's read it the line. It says right here, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, so this is not the normal way we speak. Mm-hmm. If I was to say that, you know, before, let me think, somebody who's died, give me somebody who's died. Queen Elizabeth. Before Queen Elizabeth was around, I was I was alive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, let's say in, in 20 years' time, I'm I'm. You know, reminiscing on back in the day, mm. you know, because I'll be old then. You know, back in the day when Queen Elizabeth was alive, I was alive too. I, mm. That's how I would say it. I wouldn't say, you know, when Queen Elizabeth was alive, I am. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Why does Jesus say something that doesn't make any sense? Mm-hmm. That's not how humans speak. That's not correct language. That is not a correct sentence structure. Mm. Why does Jesus say something that is an incorrect sentence structure? Because he's referencing the time in which God says this. Yes. Uh, He calls himself I am. Yes. And the reason God calls himself I am is because, like, the the implication is that he is truly the living, present God who has created everything. The self-existent one who has no beginning and no end. That's right. And, of course, he is referencing the time that he met with Moses. Mm. Because, like, yeah, I met with Abraham, and now he's saying, by the way, I met with Moses as well. Mm. And, by the way, I'm self-existent. I've never had a beginning. I'm never having an end. I have always been, always will be. I am the ruler and creator of the universe. He is introducing himself in this way to the scribes and the Pharisees and the lawyers, the leaders of Israel who are standing around, and he's speaking the truth. Mm. And he has presented pretty much at this point three years of evidence for that truth. You don't need much more evidence than that. Mm. That's a lot of evidence. Mm. 
So he's been presenting a lot of evidence for the truth of his words and yet what's their response? At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. You've got Jesus here who has come down to this earth and this is the one thing that the Jewish people have been looking forward to more than anything else. For Mm -hmm. generation after generation, they talk about the coming of the Messiah. For year after year, for decade after decade, for, for, for thousands of years they have been looking forward to this event. Mm -hmm. He turns up. The only people that recognize his arrival are shepherds Mm -hmm. and foreigners. He's born as a peasant. He lives as a refugee. He grows up in a loser town. That loser town then tries to kill him, Mm -hmm. attempted murder. Uh, If it wasn't for the supernatural intervention of God, he would have died at that particular point. Uh, He goes and speaks to the religious leaders, the ones who should know more about the prophecies, should know more about the Bible, should know more about the coming of the Messiah than anybody else, the ones who should be rejoicing more than anybody else and welcoming him with open arms more than anybody else. And he's like, okay, you want to know who I am? And and by the way, you go through uh, uh, chapter 8 here, and the whole way through what you've got is the Pharisees, the scribes, and the lawyers, the leaders of Israel, have been constantly asking this question, who are you? And he's like, well, this is who I am. No, but like, no, nah, but who are you? Mm. Like, well, listen, and they're just not getting it. Mm. And so eventually he comes out and he's like, yeah, before Abraham was, I am. Mm. So I know, I've known Abraham, I've known Moses. I am the self existent God, the ruler and creator of the universe. And they try and stone him. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Time for some answers for our quiz questions. What lawyer advised the council not to execute the apostles? That was Gamaliel. Fill in the blanks. It is good for a man that he bared the yoke in his youth. Priscilla is the wife of Aquila. Complete the verse. When the Son of Man comes, he will find, will he find, it's a question actually, will he find faith on the earth? Why did Miriam, and finally, why did Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses? Because he married an Ethiopian. No, just, you know, being racist. Um, but they were the answers for our quiz this day. But right now it's time for... Time for... Here it comes. There it is. Question of the day. Bit of a delayed fuse there, but hey, we give we give producer Shannon some slack because yeah, she's doing a Shannon's, fantastic Shannon's doing an amazing job, job this morning. Coming in, filling in, getting it done. But hey, how can we be sure there will be no more sin on the uh, on the earth after or in the universe after Jesus' return? With everyone having free will, what's to stop another angel or person uh, from sinning again? Okay. All right, really good question right here. And the answer to this question is we don't know. We can't be sure Mm. because everybody does have free will and there is the possibility of sin coming back. Mm. The answer to the question also is we can know and we can be sure sin will never come back again. Mm. Okay, so let's look at the reasons why. Why will sin never come back again? Because many would say the only way that you can guarantee that sin will never come back again is by taking away the possibility of people to sin. The moment you take away the possibility that people can sin, you've taken away the power of choice. The moment you've taken away the power of choice, love ceases to exist. God is no longer love. We are all robots, and that's pretty much the end of 
any kind of enjoyment that any being can have anywhere in the universe. Mm. Okay, so many people ask me the question, they're like, you know what, 6,000 years? Really? Why do we need so long to find out that sin is bad? Couldn't we figure that out in like the first hour or two? (laughs) First three days. First three days? Maybe after... Cain killed Abel? Yeah. Like, definitely. I'd be like, all right, let's wrap this up. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Now, I don't know the answers to all of these questions, but I do see this, and I'm just going to make some observations here, that God is thorough. Mm -hmm. And by allowing sin to exist, what God has done is he has allowed the universe to see the results of sin Mm -hmm. so that they don't want to do it. By allowing his sin to exist for 6,000 years, he can ensure that it's never coming back. You see, let's think about it from this way. And the Bible says, by the way, the Bible says it will never come back. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, sin shall not rise up a second time. Mm-hmm. It's just it's never happening again. It's not happening, coming back. Okay, why is it not coming back? Not because God has removed the power of choice, but because God has, has allowed it to last for 6,000 years. Mm. So, for instance, let's say that you're in heaven. And 55 billion years from now, Lawson, you decide, I don't really remember what it was like down on earth. Those memories have faded. Maybe I'll try rebelling against God and see if there's a better way. Mm. You know, this way is pretty good. Maybe there's a better way. Mm -hmm. And God can come along and say, hey, Lawson, good thought. Uh, I'm glad you're thinking that way because you're exercising your free choice. Uh, Before you make that choice, uh, let me give you a preview. It's about 6,000 years long, but that's not very long in when you're living in an eternal the universe. Of uh, sit down and have a look at this mm. and just start to replay the events of this earth. And what God will have on record is enough events so that it will never come back again. Mm. He's got enough time there and enough replay so that even if you are really tough, determined Like, yeah, I'm going to really try. I I really think there's a better way than God's way. Maybe after the first year, you're starting to like, well, that didn't go so well. Maybe after the first hundred years, you're like, ouch. But is anyone going to make it to the end of 6,000 years Mm. of replaying the events on this earth and still want to rebel against God? I think not. God is thorough. That's why he makes sure that freedom of choice can live and sin can never come back. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.